0: fabulous guest speakers. And we're even going to finish with an optional Kayleigh. That's an Irish dancing party. So I hope you'll be able to join me. Just go to vibrantmusicteaching.com slash turbo. .com slash T-U-R-B-O 24. The number's 2-4. I hope you'll check it out, view all the details there, and I hope to see you in Cincinnati in July. On with the episode. Vibrant. 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 Music teaching. Proven and practical tips, strategies, and ideas for, for music, music teachers. teachers. You're listening to the Vibrant Music Teaching Podcast. I'm Nicola Canton, and this episode is all about productivity. Hey there, wonderful teachers. Welcome to another episode of the Vibrant Music Teaching Podcast. So today on the show, I want to talk to you about productivity. And I'm a bit cautious talking about this. Um, It's actually our theme this month, and it's going to be a fantastic area to dive into in many respects. So we're going to be looking at how to be more productive, yes, but also what does that mean, that word, and how the language we use around it affects how we see our own productivity, our own success as music teachers. So it's a big topic. And it's one, I believe, that comes with quite a lot of baggage for people. So I wanted to start with this area, which I believe will give you a bit of a grounding as we move through the month. The first thing I wanted to look at was this whole idea of becoming more productive and assessing productivity hacks that are out there. So you will have seen, you know, tons of clickbait articles and different bits and pieces promoting This productivity hack or that method or that trick or this is the only one that actually works and all the other ones are nonsense, right? We've all seen them. Whether it's about the Pomodoro method or it's about getting up early in the morning, right? The people who espouse the only way to be productive is to get up at 4.30. All of these things, they're all out there. But here's the thing. There's a reason, whether you're a piano teacher or not, There's a reason that there are so many of these. There's a reason that we all click on so many of them and that there continue to be more of them because of that. It's because none of them will work for everyone all the time. There's no secret to productivity. I get questions about my own productivity all the time. And I get sort of compliments about it, which honestly make me a little bit uncomfortable because... The place they come from, well, I don't think it's all that helpful for anyone, for all of us. So when people are saying, oh my gosh, you get so much done to me, I'm thinking, well, I hope I get the right things done, but I hope I'm not just doing a whole bunch of stuff. And I'm not saying that people who say this to me, if you're one of the people who said it to me, I'm not, you know, negating the compliment. I I appreciate it, and I know you're just trying to be. Uh, complimentary. But I think the way that we talk about productivity is a little bit off as a culture, as a, a global community, for music teachers and for everyone. I think it could use some reframing. And I want to start this in our productivity series, our mini series here. I want to start it by looking at how we assess these productivity hacks. So let's say you see an idea, and I have nothing against you trying these ideas, okay? But let's say you see an idea. I'm going to take the Pomodoro method as an example for this episode. So let me give you a background around what that even means so we can move forward from there. So Pomodoro is named after a tomato timer. So it was named after an oven timer that was shaped like a tomato, okay? By the way, throughout this episode, I'm saying productivity and now I'm saying tomato. So (laughs) there's lots of this side of the Atlantic pronunciations going on, isn't there? So he had this tomato timer, this guy, and he was in Italy, I believe, the guy who invented, I guess, this hack. But the idea is that you set a tomato timer or a timer of any sort for a certain length of time that you're going to be productive. I'm going to do this thing for this amount of time. Now, there are different lengths you could do this for. There's no point looking up what the original was or what the most common is because I believe it's all about finding the right lengths for you if you are going to consider this particular productivity hack. But the idea is that you would spend, say, 25 minutes doing the thing and five minutes of break time. So you're setting a timer and you're saying, I am going to do whatever the thing is answering my emails for exactly 25 minutes. And at the end of the 25 minutes, I get to stop, no matter how much I got done, right? So the idea here is that it focuses you on that task and you end up getting more done because you know the break is coming. Sounds useful, sounds beneficial, sounds like it makes sense. And it will in some circumstances. But equally, in other circumstances, maybe you'll be better off doing the thing until the thing is done. Maybe that'll be better, and that might not be 25 minutes. Maybe if you tell yourself, I can have a break when I finish all my emails, maybe they'll only take you 10, because you'll be motivated to go faster. So my point here is not to say, don't do Pomodoro. My point is, it will work sometimes, it won't work other times. And that's true with everything. And everything will work for some people, and not for other people. At different times. There is no secret to any of these things. They can all be useful, you can try one, you can try the other, and you may have certain success with them. But the point here is the word try. So here's the switch I want you to flip in your mind when it comes to productivity. I want you to start thinking about all productivity things, all tools, all methods, as experiment fodder. The next time you want to try something new, maybe it's Pomodoro, maybe it's something else, I want you... To consider it a self-experiment. In marketing, in particular, we talk about testing a lot. I've talked about that here on the podcast in the past. Test, test, test. You have to see what works in your local area. Well, this is the same, but at a much smaller scale. You have to see what works for you. So when you're looking for how to become a more productive music teacher, you need to consider it an experiment. And I really mean an experiment in the scientific sense. You need to design it as an experiment so that when you get to the end of it, you can say, yes, this didn't work for me. This did work for me in this circumstance. Or no, it didn't in this circumstance. So if it's going to be an experiment, it has to be designed. It has to be intentional. And I believe it can be split up into three stages. Okay, I'm not being overly scientific, if I have any scientists. slash piano teachers listening, then I apologize, but we're going to take experimenting at its most basic level. And I think you should put it into three stages. Prepare, experiment, and evaluate. So in the prepare stage, you're going to figure out what the experiment is going to be. So if you're going to try the Pomodoro technique, maybe you're going to try it for five days, okay? And every day you're just going to do it once and you're going to confine it to a specific task. Again, let's take answering emails just because I mentioned it earlier, but it could be anything. It could be writing your novel. I mean, it doesn't even have to be in the area of music teaching or business. So you take that and you do it once per day for five days. That's your design. You don't design that decide that on the fly. You decide it beforehand in the preparation stage. You're going to do it for five days. 30 minutes per day with a 25-5 split. Then what's your objective? What do you hope will happen or what do you expect to happen? People sometimes think that scientists go into an experiment just going to see what's going to happen, but actually they have a predicted outcome and they're seeing whether it matches that or not in most cases. Again, sorry scientists. (laughs) So you need to go into this with a hope or an outcome that you want. You're not going to let it affect what happens in the experiment, but you are going to come out the other end and be able to say yes or no to a question. And if you don't ask that question before you start, the whole thing will unravel. So let's say this email Pomodoro experiment, our question is, can we get to inbox zero every day or more often than we could before? Like, can we get to inbox zero without any starred messages that we're leaving for later? Can we do that by the end of the week? Okay. So you have your question, you know when you're doing it, you know the parameters around which you're doing it, you set up anything you need, so say a phone timer, if that's how you're going to run it. And then once stage two starts, you just run it. You're experimenting. This is when you really have to split yourself into two different people. Okay? So in the preparation stage, you're just the scientist, but now you have to become the subject and the scientist or the observer. So you're going to have to do the experiment as if you're a subject in an experiment. And if you were in an experiment, in a trial of some sort, you would just follow what the scientist says, right? That would be your job. You might have some compensation even for doing that. And that would be what you do. So in the experiment, as a subject, you're just following everything. As the observer, then, you're writing notes. So you're taking note around what happens each day and whether the subject slipped out of the experiment. I really recommend writing it in the third person. Write it as if you're watching yourself so that you can really take on that role of the observer. And then when the experiment is over, should be a short enough experiment. Don't go too long in the beginning. So, you know, three days to 10 days, something in that time frame. Evaluate. So now you're back fully in the role of the observer, the scientist, and you're saying, okay, how did it go? First of all, answer the question. Did we get to inbox zero? yes or no. If not, why do we think that is? This is where we can start to speculate a little bit and think about why it didn't work or whether the subject had trouble following the experiment. And then you can think about how you might change it next time. So let's say you do the Pomodoro, but you found that 25 minutes was just not enough time to get into the flow. And so you say to yourself. Maybe I'm better off with a 40-10 split. Like, I liked this idea, but it didn't quite work for me because I just take a while to get into the zone of this particular task. So I'm going to repeat my experiment, this time changing only one thing, 40-10. This sounds laborious, doesn't it? But it actually can be fun. If you really get into the zone with this, if you get into these roles, it can detach you from the results and from what's happening. And it can take you out of that mindset of looking at yourself and saying, you're not doing enough. Oh my God, you're so lazy. Or, you know, why can't you just prioritize correctly? Why did you spend time doing this? Or I have no idea where my time goes. Or I have too much to do and it's impossible to get done. You can step back and say, what's really happening here? If I do this, how does that affect me? And then... When it affects you in a certain way, you're just saying to yourself, okay, that's the result of that. What's the next step? I would love it if you gave this a go. I really think it's a game changer, not just for productivity, but for a lot of things. And I think productivity is a great place to start with this whole self-experiment idea because so many of us get it wrapped up with our own identities and meaning and work-life balance and all these other areas. Try something out, anything that's intrigued you. Doesn't have to be Pomodoro, that was just a random example. Anything that's intrigued you, try it out this week as an experiment. Design something, just a short experiment. Try a three-dayer, okay? Three-day experiment, set those parameters, decide how it's going to run. Run it, and then evaluate it. And just see what you learn about that technique, yes, but also about yourself. Let me know how it goes once you've done your experiment over in the Facebook group Vibrant Music Studio Teachers, or if you're a member, hop on over to the forums and let me know there. I'd love to hear from you. If you need more support and more ideas for how to be productive and how to stay balanced as a music teacher, you need to sign up to Vibrant Music Teaching. Just go to vmt.ninja today to sign up, and we'll see you on the inside.